0: are listening to a podcast of local news from the County of Suffolk in the United Kingdom. This is brought to you by the St. Edmundsbury News Talk Association, a UK registered charity. Hello and welcome to the 1966th Edition of St Edmundsbury News Talk for the 15th February 2024. The editor of this edition is Sue Aitchison, the producer is Roger Morris, and your readers are David Palmer and Jane Johnson. And we should also mention our processing team, who work hard behind the scenes to copy and dispatch this memory stick to you. Uh, We commence with the headlines The banks should think of people who aren't online.
1: NHS dental plan is too little, too late.
0: Son pleased with changes after mother's death in hospital.
1: £450,000 of community chest grants are handed out.
0: A senior Suffolk clergyman has called on banks to think of all their customers, including those who are not online, amid concerns about the closures of ranchers across the country. The Right Reverend Martin Seeley, Bishop of the Diocese of St Edmundsbury and Ipswich, was also worried about the slow pace of progress on creating bank hubs, which are set to replace the closed banks. There have been a spate of bank closures in the county in recent months, with Barclays closing branches in Framlingham and Woodbridge, while the Southwold outlast closed last year. On Monday, the EADT revealed how a petition had been launched to try and save the Leyston branch of Barclays, after the bank announced it would be closing on May 17th. Earlier this week, Bishop Martin's Church of England counterpart, the Right Reverend Graham Usher, Bishop of Norwich, also expressed concern about the slow rollout of the hubs, which are designed to enable banks to share facilities and provide a community banker. He said vulnerable people, the digitally excluded and charities, would still need to visit a bank in person. Uh, Bishop Martin said i share the bishop of norwich's concern about the slow progress on bank hubs there is a sorry presumption by so many services that everyone can work easily online which we know is simply not the case i would urge our banks to think of all of their customers and especially those who are not online and those individuals and charities who rely on conducting banking and other business face to face hubs are an important part of the solution And creative cooperation with post offices and community agencies, including churches, will help alleviate the concerns many experience by not being able to go to their own bank.
1: Too little, too late. That is the verdict of Suffolk NHS Dentistry campaigners after an NHS Dental Recovery Plan was announced on Wednesday. The new £200 million nationwide plan to ensure easier and faster access Access to dental care could see millions more NHS dental appointments offered over the next year. But campaign group Toothless in England, born out of the Toothless in Suffolk group, formed in 2021, said whilst the dental recovery plan had been a long time coming, it was too little, too late. The recovery plan announcement came as state-of-the-art new dental facilities at the University of Suffolk in Ipswich were scrutinised by three MPs. Ipswich MP Tom Hunt, South Suffolk MP James Cartledge, and Waveney MP Peter Aldis had a preview tour of the University Centre for Dental Development, which includes new teaching rooms for its BSc in Dental Hygiene and Dental Therapy. The MPs also visited the dental practice rooms which will be operated by the University of Suffolk Dental Community Interest Company in the same building. The first cohort of students on the dental hygiene and dental therapy course started this week. The new NHS dental practice, which is still being equipped and recruiting its new team, expects to offer its first appointment in spring. It will focus on the patients in Suffolk and North East Essex in greatest need, eventually providing an additional 18,000 hours of NHS dental appointments a year. When the service is up and running, it will treat patients referred by NHS 111. It will also offer placements for students on degree programmes. Meanwhile, the new government-funded £200 million NHS Dental Recovery Plan Will see dentists given a new patient payment of between £15 to £50 pounds to treat new patients. The rollout of a new Smile for Life programme aimed at parents and parents to be and dental vans delivering care in isolated communities. In addition, around 240 dentists would be offered one off payments of up to £20,000. For working in unserved areas for up to three years, while NHS work would be made more attractive with the minimum value of activity, increasing to £28 from £23. Toothless in England said whether this dental recovery plan will make a positive impact on people's lives will be decided by the Court of Public Opinion.
0: The son of a former snooker hall manageress, who died in a Suffolk hospital, said he is pleased with changes that have been made since failings were found in his mother's care. West Suffolk Hospital in Bury St Edmunds apologised to Carl Mays and his family after an ombudsman's report identified failings in the care of Maureen Mays, 83, who died while in its care on the seventh of March, 2021. Uh, Miss Mays, who spent most of her life in Sudbury, died from a respiratory tract infection nine days after she was admitted with pneumonia. In November 2021, Dr Jane Sturgis, learning from death's clinical lead at the hospital, carried out an internal review, and the hospital apologised when it was found they had confused Mrs Mays' antibiotics, overdosed her on diazepam, failed to monitor her weight, and failed to complete a mental capacity assessment. Mr Mays took his mother's case to the Parliamentary and Health Service Ombudsman, which highlighted four further areas where the hospital failed. In December, West Suffolk Hospital sent a letter to Mr Mays, which, seen by the East Anglian Daily Times, breaks down 23 changes that are to be introduced in the wake of the report, some of which relate to fluid management, administering antibiotics, and complaint handling. Of the Action Plan, 17 changes are described as complete, five are ongoing, in progress, and one is listed for January 2024. Mr Mays said, From the beginning I said it was about putting things right, and the hospital have definitely worked hard in that department. I am very pleased with the changes, because it should make it a safer place for the general public when they are in hospital, and I think the changes will, without a doubt, end up saving lives. At the end of the day, that was our target. Hopefully this will stop someone else having to go through it. The completed changes in the action plan include a sepsis, acute a kidney injury study a day being increased to once a month for registered nurses and nursing assistants and an updated patient escalation threshold and trigger prompt for critical care review. Ongoing actions include the development of a fluid fluid balance dashboard and digital improvements like automatic prompts for nurses and nursing assistants, both of which the Trust has described as soon to be completed. Mr Mays said that he plans to have a call with Hospital Chief Dr Ian Cameron in the near future, in which he will discuss any further worries he has. Dr Cameron, Chief Executive of West Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, said, I would like to again offer my sincere condolences to Mrs Mays' family at what remains a difficult time. We take all complaints extremely seriously and our teams across the Trust investigate these thoroughly to identify and implement actions to improve the care we provide. Since the events surrounding Mrs May's care, a significant amount of work has been uh, undertaken. This includes the implementation of an improvement plan, of which the majority of actions are already in place. The Trust said three of the six ongoing actions are soon to be completed and the Trust refreshed its Patient Safety Incident Response Framework in 2023, which helps to identify learning opportunities when things don't go as planned.
1: Grants totaling more than £450,000 from West Suffolk Council, which will see community groups, charities and voluntary organisations, including some in, in and around Bury St Edmunds, benefit was agreed this week. The council's cabinet agreed to recommendations from the council's grant working party to give community chest funding to 32 groups, charities, and voluntary organisations across West Suffolk. Cabinet agreed the four hundred and sixty-six and seven hundred and thirty-three four hundred and sixty-six thousand and seven hundred and thirty-three pounds of grants to a variety of projects ranging from tackling loneliness and social isolation to giving specialist support to people that have suffered domestic abuse and sexual violence. Councillor Donna Higgins, Cabinet Member for Families and Communities said, Through Community Chest, we are backing that work in West Suffolk so that more help can be given to more people who need it and to help towards our aim of thriving communities. The grants will be paid to the organisations to support work taking place over the 12 months from April this year. Community groups, charities and voluntary organisations who will receive Community Chest for 2024-2025 to 2025 include Bridge Community Church in Bury St Edmunds is to be awarded £5,000 to help its community grocery initiative which supports people struggling with the cost of living. Berry Drop-In is to have a £9,916 grant to continue its commitment to supporting people who are homeless and vulnerably housed in West Suffolk. Citizens Advice West Suffolk will be given £245,000 to assist with its information, advice and advocacy service including cost-of-living support. A £10,000 grant will go to Gatehouse Caring for funding support for its social supermarket, which provides discounted food items to people on low incomes. The Music Prescription Community um, Interest Company will receive £2,500 for its creative workshops for people in recovery from substance abuse, which will be done by Art Heads in Bury. St Nicholas Hospice Care is being awarded a £10,000 grant for its Nicky's Way bereavement services for children and young people. The Lightwave Community Interest Company, based in Red Lodge and Beck Row, will receive £5,000 for its food bank, budgeting advice, support funds and employment support.
0: Roadworks causing travel misery for villagers in Woolpit and Elmswell were poorly planned, according to a parish council clerk. The southbound lane of the A1088 between Woolpit and Elmswell is listed as closed until March twenty second, with a nine-mile diversion in place during works to build a new roundabout for the hopkins Homes berry Road development. However, construction on the project is expected to take until mid-May, with various closures and temporary traffic signals in operation until then. Peter Dow, the clerk of the Elmful Parish Council, accepted the works were inevitable, but said, the contentious issue is that there should be coordination between all the agencies, because this is happening at the same time as the concrete is being replaced on the A14, and there are other roadworks on the A1088. So we're getting a congruence of road constraints one on top of one another. Well, Woolpit is suffering more than Elmswell during this work. I'm looking to hold a no-diversion day at some point in the future to celebrate a time when we have no roadworks. Helen Geek, chair of Woolpit Parish Council, also described the lane closure and diversion as a problem, particularly in view of the current A14 concrete replacement project. Work on the Woolpit East roundabout is scheduled to last until May 17th, with the current southbound lane closure in place until March uh, uh, March 22nd. Then there will be a slip road closure and two-way traffic signals from March 22nd until March 25th, followed by narrow lanes until May 9th. The final phase includes overnight slip road closures and two-way lights from May 10th to the 17th. Plans to deal with heavy
1: traffic in a village have been approved with calls for better collaboration. Members of West Suffolk's Cabinet approved a five-year action plan to deal with heavy traffic on a built-up stretch of the A143 in Great Barton, which has caused nitrogen dioxide levels to breach national thresholds since 2017. It follows a much-called-for bypass being denied by Suffolk County Council, due to the need for a significant multi-million pound investment the new air quality action plan aqap which will last until 2029 include a feasibility assessment to set out future measures to address the problems such as rerouting hgvs driving through the village this however would not be the driving factor in reducing emissions because it could not only push HGVs into smaller roads, but would also not address most of the pollution, which is caused by cars. Instead, improving the flow along the road by preventing stop-start traffic will be key, especially during the school pick-up and drop-off period. Councillor Gerald Kelly, portfolio holder for Governance and Regulatory, said West Suffolk Council was lacking engagement from its county counterpart, which was delaying decisive action. A Suffolk County Council spokesman said, the authority remained willing to work with West Suffolk Council and provide input as needed.
0: Road plans to help ease traffic during the construction of a new housing estate on the fringes of Bowdoin's Edmonds have been approved. Denbury Homes Limited has been granted planning permission for extra temporary vehicular accesses during the construction of its northern neighbourhood of Abbotts Vale on land south of Ruffham Hill. Hopkins Homes is set to build the southern neighbourhood. Jonathan Lieberman, Head of Planning at Hopkins Homes said the company planned to start construction this summer. The overall Abbotts Vale development will include 1,250 homes, outline permission for homes, a local centre community facilities, a primary school and relief road was granted in March 2020. A letter to West Suffolk Council planners said the temporary accesses would be needed for a maximum of three years. It said uh, directing construction traffic into the proposed temporary accesses will ensure there is reduced conflict with vehicles using Rushbrook Lane. Good traffic management is key to minimising disruption to... And complaints from local and nearby residents. The original application sought five temporary accesses, but the number was later revised to two. In September, Denbury Homes was granted planning approval to build infrastructure for Abbotsvale Northern Neighbourhood, including a spine road, vehicular access to residential areas, urban drainage, flood compensation, landscaping and associated works on land south of Ruffham Hill.
1: Powers to ban pavement parking should be extended across England to make streets safer, according to a report published by councils. Wheelchair users, older people and parents with pushchairs are amongst those put at risk by having to navigate around vehicles mounted on curbs. a study commissioned by the local government association LGA warned. The investigation found some vehicles caused a complete obstruction to someone walking or wheeling, meaning they have no option but to enter the carriageway to continue their journey. Pavement parking can also damage the surface, creating trip hazards and leading to costly repairs. The report by active travel charity Sustrans and Disability Rights Organisation Transport for All added. The study recommended that pavement parking is banned across England and urged the government to recommit to the principle that the function of the footway is to provide space for walking and wheeling. London is the only area in England where pavement parking is banned. A Department for Transport DFT consultation on giving councils in the rest of the country the power to prohibit pavement parking ended in November 2020, but no announcement has been
0: made. Patients in Suffolk will benefit from almost £90,000 in grants, thanks to a hospital charity. The charity Friends of West Suffolk Hospital has announced that services across the West Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust will receive the grants ranging from under £100 to more than £20,000. The grant applications have been made by Trust staff for items that will improve patient care and the funds have been raised through donations and from the Hospital Friends Shop, online shop and trolley service. Departments across the Trust will be spending the money on items including portable ultrasound scan probes, a phlebotomy chair, a vital signs machine, a children's exercise therapy bicycle and expiratory muscle strength trainers which help patients to swallow. Sarah Steele, Treasurer of the Friends, said, We're very pleased to have donated just under £90,000 in 2023 for projects around the Trust. We thank each and every one of you. We would also like to thank My Wish Charity, which joined with us to part or wholly fund some of the requests. The charity's online shop offers a way for friends and family of inpatients at West Suffolk Hospital to send gifts to them, and it's also used by inpatients themselves. The total amount donated was £89,249 and £24,000 of this will be spent on six razier chairs, which will be stationed around West Suffolk Hospital and Rosemary Ward at Newmarket Community Hospital. These specialist chairs help staff lift patients who've had a fall. The anaesthesia department received a grant of £14,200 for three portable ultrasound scan probes, which will help with intravenous access to provide pain relief. Dr. Ian Cameron, the chief executive of the WSFT, added, On behalf of the Trust, I'd like to thank the Friends of West Suffolk Hospital for these generous donations, which will bring real benefits to our patients. The continued support of the friends and the hard-working volunteers is greatly valued, as are the donations and legacies from our community. It is good to know that so many of the items provided by these grants are already on their way to our services, contributing to the care provided by our staff.
1: A Suffolk Flying School is offering a landowner who can find a perfect base for the business A chance to take to the skies for free as it continues its search for a new home owner of skyward flight training chris shepherd rose is set to offer a farmer a landowner or one of their relatives the opportunity to get to a solo standard level of flying which is about 12 to 16 hours worth of lessons if they have a suitable site this comes after months of unsuccessfully searching for a piece of land after its lease finished at Ruffham Airfield in May last year. Chris said, We had a couple of farmers offer us fields that haven't been quite right because there are stringent safety rules we have to take into consideration, such as the length of the site, it having no animals on it, and with nothing such as houses too near. It has been extremely difficult to find the ideal place, and I must have seen about a mixture of 25 sites those that have an existing airstrip on them and farmland, which we could then apply for planning permission on. But we've had no luck finding an ideal site so far. Currently, the school has had to suspend training in the air for its students and has only been able to hire out its aircraft to fully trained pilots from a site near to Wattisham. But the school's owner has said he sees land around the Bury St Edmunds and Ruffham area, which he feels may be perfect for them but it is trying to find out the owners and getting in contact with them that he has struggled with. Chris said, I have even been on Google Earth and seen lots of strips of land around here that could be ideal, so I'm hoping this piece will maybe prompt them if they or a relative have been interested in learning to fly to contact us. The dimensions of the land needed would be between 600 to 800 metres in length, and can be anything from a minimum of around 40 metres wide. Chris said we need to find a place, if we need planning permission for it, by the end of February, so we will be ready by May to take advantage of the summer months of flying. I know in my heart we are running out of time to keep Skyward flying, and for me, having built the school up, I don't want 13 years of hard work to go to waste, so I hope someone can help before it's too late.
0: Now we'll move on to letters, and uh, the first one is from the Berry Free Press editor, and he's reflecting on the sad news of Ian Lavender's death, which we covered in last week's news tank, news talk. Sorry. As a child, when there were just two or three TV channels, I lapped up everything: Casey Jones, Here Come the Double Deckers, Dad's Army, and porridge. Well, not porridge. My very straight mother said it glorified prison and I'd end up there one day if I watched it. I still feel like a rebel when I see the reruns on UK Gold, but you were right, Mum, your band kept me out of clink. But Dad's Army was a favourite. Innocent humour. Don't tell him your name, Pike, and all that. Well, now we have to say a fond farewell to the last remaining main cast member, Ian Lavender. How amazing to think audiences are still enjoying some of his best work all these decades later. And what a beautiful legacy for Ian's family. Comedy is one of those things which rarely stands the test of time. Numerous acts and shows which audiences watched and laughed at in the 60s, 70s and since have been quietly consigned to the history books, just not suitable for 2024. But with Dad's Army, the writing skills of Jimmy Perry and David Croft were such that generations have enjoyed the characters of Pike, Uncle Arthur, Jones, Captain Mannering, and hopefully more will find their way to this classic piece, which always hits the British funny bone.
1: Councillor Robert Everett, Suffolk County Council Tower Division, has written in saying that the District Council is to blame for the closure plan. Let's put the record straight. Burry Free Freebress, January 26th. I would like to thank Martin Taylor of the Bury Society and John Popham of the Bury Town Trust for calling the meeting about the moving of Bury records and archive to Ipswich. However, I feel I must set the record straight about why the records and archive are being moved to the hold in Ipswich. And it is because Councillor Cliff Waterman and his ruling group decided not to proceed with the new Western Way Hub It was deemed to be a vanity project, apparently. The new sports centre, medical centre and a new state-of-the-art facility for our records office and archive, plus much more. We are now left with very little option but to look to move the above to the hold in Ipswich and save the £3.5 million Suffolk County Council was going to invest in the new build at Western Way. Councillor Waterman goes on to say... That the cost of this new and exciting hub, Vanity Project, would cost £65 million over 45 years. Well, yes, I believe this was the cost. But if you have ever bought a house, you spread the cost of your new house via a mortgage over a predetermined time. Not all in one go. So, Councillor Waterman and his group are now going to spend millions of pounds to renovate a very old sports centre, Withholding from the residents of Bury St Edmunds a new medical centre, state-of-the-art records office and archive, pump track for our young people and much more. Is this what the new Labour Administration that now runs West Suffolk Council is offering us for the next three and a half years?
0: Uh, now a letter from Rachel Wood in Newmarket and she says, act now to help save our records office. Suffolk County Council's proposal to close the West Suffolk Record Office in Bury and Edmonds concerns the whole of our half of Suffolk. Once our archives have been shipped off to Ipswich, we won't be seeing them again in the West. These archives are our history and they tell our stories, but how many of us will be able to reach them in Ipswich? There's been no public consultation about this and so little time to respond. The County Council is planning to finalise its decision on 15th February.
1: A letter from R.A. Smith in Hadley says superficial supercharge. I find your article, Supercharge East, EADT, February the 8th, a little superficial, saying farmers need access to four reservoirs and irrigation. Surely the answer here is to engage Suffolk University's agricultural training. This should start with a test site using students to dig out a reservoir Calculate the volume needed and outcomes and provide a thesis and plan for more by follow-on students. Outcomes could include such things as fish farms, food production, fresh and or smoked fish, lending to local sales, more jobs and not necessarily exclude crayfish. Reservoirs should be deep enough to install heat capture equipment, ground source energy or should we call it water source energy, as is found in other parts of the country. Metal barns should be provided with side-hung solar panels, with students calculating the need-slash-weight factors and correct type of panel needed. One could go on, but essentially part of the answer is Suffolk University obtaining the grants through the education system to kick-start things farms will have no present time to develop.
0: Now a letter from Roger Spiller uh, from Ixworth. And he says, uh, he writes on the subject, climate change is affecting our lives. Climate change is still not being taken seriously enough by many of those who represent us in local, but especially national government. Evidence was found in a number of stories in your January 2nd edition, all of which probably resulted from or were causes of global warming. Thank you for publicizing the issues. Firstly, Compiègne Way. In 2001, groundwater flooded the A143 on a dip in the hill between Great Barton and Ixworth, which had to be closed for many months before the installation of a new large drain to take away the groundwater from the neighbouring field. Compiègne Way has a continuing crisis of water on the roadway, not just caused by inadequate drainage, but probably by the increasingly common problem, water tables rising above the soil surface. We had been warned. No bypass for Great Barton to reduce pollutants and congestion. Congestion increases carbon output, contributing to global warming and toxic particles damaging to life, derived from tyres and brakes, which will further increase with heavier electric vehicles. Suffolk County Council Highways has constantly refused the environmentally sound argument for a bypass. Therefore, a number of further measures will have to be taken, making life more difficult for drivers. Heavy goods vehicle movement will will be reduced on the A143 uh, through Great Barton and presumably distributed through the narrow and unsuitable roads around Great Barton. The recent floods on Compiègne Way demonstrated the possible effect when potholes were made even worse and verges and road edges destroyed. Proposed developments will double road traffic. Centre Park Parks is cutting down hundreds of mature trees to make room for more car parking at Elverdon. Trees absorb carbon as they mature, taking carbon out of the atmosphere. They also remove many pollutants from the air and provide a habitat for wildlife, plus a beneficial effect on our mental state. Berries and Edmunds branch of the Suffolk Archives closure will lead to two things. Fewer people able to access the archives, and those who try to, will increase their carbon usage, travelling the extra distance, distance to Ipswich, a gruelling car journey through Ipswich congestion, and then finding somewhere to park near the hold. It will increase both air pollution and global warming. On the other hand, there were indications that all is not lost. The West Suffolk Plan. The third and final consultation is now open and contains many measures which will reduce water discharge into streams and rivers, reduce energy usage in new housing, help those who cannot afford to properly insulate their homes, ensure sufficient and better green space and recreational facilities, match infrastructure where they have control to development, generate more sustainable electricity. Along with recent decisions by the Council, Uh, begin the process of building social housing again for which there is greater demand than for large executive homes and encouraging cycling. Do look at the WSC site for details and have your say. Finally Suffolk County Council has launched a scheme in Stowmarket to provide various forms of bikes to hire for free. In Bury cycle training is helping newcomers and those who thought their cycling days were long behind them. We have a strong community in West Suffolk who come together in many ways to ensure our environment and people are better provided for. It is a pity that some organisations, both private and public, often fail to participate.
1: Keith Gabriel writes in that an urgent review is needed for a vital service. I am writing to support RNID's earwax campaign and share my personal experience of struggling to get earwax removal. I was provided hearing aids back in 2018 but several times I have requested to have earwax removed due to the wax blocking the tubes and making the hearing aids unusable. It's estimated that around 2.3 million people a year in the UK require their earwax to be removed by a professional Earwax build-up can cause painful and distressing symptoms such as hearing loss, tinnitus and debilitating earache. Yet RNID's new report highlights the horrifying reality that far too many people are unable to access this essential service on the NHS. RNID's report shows that only 18 out of 40 integrated care boards, the commissioners of most NHS services are meeting public health guidelines by providing earwax removal services for everyone in their area, 15 provide a limited service or use restrictive criteria and 7 don't provide any service at all. This means thousands of people like me face avoidable hearing loss, tinnitus and earache because they can't get earwax removed on the NHS. It's unacceptable that people are facing long delays and costly private appointments because local integrated care boards are not delivering. RNID need your support. As someone who experiences earwax build-up, I am joining RNID in calling on the Department of Health and Social Care for an urgent review of earwax removal services for people who are failing to get the care they need on the NHS. The problem is certainly clear. People who need earwax removal must be able to access this service on the NHS, regardless of where they live.
0: Now an email from John Scott, and he says, that's not much time to make a difference. I was interested to read the article by the Suffolk Chief Constable, encouraging members of the public to contribute to the online survey, whereby the Police and Crime Commissioner, PCC, sought our views on policing. This was particularly important because, once again, he was seeking an increase in tax. The survey ended on Thursday, January 25th, 2024, and the PCC was to prevent his final report to the Police and Crime Panel on Friday, January 26th, 2024, for approval. Looking at the timing of this, it doesn't appear whatever the public said was going to have much influence, does it?
1: Graham Day has written in about a pottery continuing a fine Suffolk tradition. He says, I was so pleased to see Barbara Eels's excellent article on the Carter's teapots business at Stonham Barnes, which was published just before Christmas. Whenever I was in Debenham, I visited the original factory and have also now visited the Stonham Barnes site. I was surprised when I saw that the business had left Debenham, but the change of ownership explains that. I was delighted to find them again. The teapots are quirky and unique. Suffolk had a history of fine wear in Lowestoft porcelain, and Carters are carrying on that tradition.
0: Uh, now, Thomas Howard has sent in an email and he says SEND students are being let down. Neurodivergent students are being let down by local authorities across the country, and it is no surprise that an apology has just been issued by Suffolk County Council. The Ofsted and Care Quality Commission report found systemic failings in the provision of services to children with special educational needs and or disabilities SEND across Suffolk. The report, however, comes as no surprise to students, parents and families across the county and indeed across the country. SEND students have been an afterthought for too long and the impact of these failings are real and lifelong for so many children. It took my mother six long and tiresome years to obtain an education and health care plan, an EHCP, for my younger brother. During this time, he transitioned from primary school to high school and only ever had informal arrangements in place to support his specific needs. Consequently, he never obtained the support needed to make education accessible and, most importantly, enjoyable. I recently attended an education reception at Portcullis House in London. The event, organised by Sir Robert Buckland MP, highlighted the findings of a report published by the National Autistic Society, the NAS, in 2023. The report found that only 26% of autistic pupils are happy at school, meaning that 74% are unhappy. It also found that one in four parents, carers, had to wait over three years to access support for their child. These statistics are truly shocking. And it is important that everyone, especially those in a position of power, remember that these statistics represent real children. The government and local authorities must do more to support SEND, SEND students across the UK. The NAS has put forward several recommendations to help address this crisis. For example, the establishment of a des- dedicated task force comprising educators, parents, neurodivergent individuals and local authorities. Such a task force could uh, assess the efficacy of current support systems and outline areas for improvement. This is just one of their many recommendations. I hope all recommendations outlined in their report are taken forward by the government and local authorities. Finally, I simply say this to the local council following their apology actions speak louder than words
1: finally we have an email from wendy johns at suffolk site and she says we are delighted to announce that we are starting a new suffolk site social club in mildenhall this will be a monthly support group for people living with sight loss offering friendly advice and professional support a great opportunity to meet new people and to make new friends join us for a cuppa and catch up every first Tuesday of the month, starting from the 5th of March, 2024, 10.30am to 12.30pm. The group is held at St John's Community Centre, Mildenhall, Bury St Edmunds, Suffolk, ip eight seven nx Guide Dogs welcome and for more information contact us on 01284 748 800 or 01473 928 307. Many thanks, says Wendy Johns. And this, these phone numbers will be included again at the end of the recording.
0: Now, uh, let's have some more general news. People in Bury St Edmonds are receiving food supplies from Tesco stores thanks to a food bank at one of the town's churches. The Bridge Community Church in Queen's Road is running a community grocery membership scheme using the surplus food from Tesco and making it available to people in need on the west side of town. The community grocery scheme is different to traditional food banks as it allows people to shop for what they want for their family rather than just being given handouts. David Oakley, lead pastor at the church, said, we are extremely grateful to Tesco and Fair Share, which are also involved in the food bank, for their ongoing support. Our purpose is to wholeheartedly serve our community and strive to see lives transformed in Bury St Edmunds and beyond. The church also runs weekly support initiatives for parents, toddlers, children, youth, young adults, parents, and seniors, specifically for those who struggle with addiction, mental health financial problems, food poverty, loneliness and the English language, providing a welcome space, giving food, advocacy, mentoring and volunteer opportunities.
1: More new businesses were established in Suffolk during 2023 than in any previous year to date, making the county one of the most successful in the UK, according to new statistics. A total of 8,934 new formations were registered in Suffolk during the last 12 months, an increase of 32.4% on 2022. This brings the number of registered companies in the county to an all-time high of 51,083. The statistics are taken from the Inform Direct Review of company formations using data from Companies House and the Office for National Statistics. Forest Heath formed the highest number of new businesses, followed by Ipswich, Suffolk Coastal, St Edmundsbury, Mid Suffolk, Waveney. John Corshack, Managing Director at Inform Direct, said It's excellent news that Suffolk can celebrate a record year for new company formations during 2023. The year undoubtedly presented a range of challenges for business, including tepid predictions of economic growth, volatility in energy prices and uncertainty from world events. However, the formation figures demonstrate very clearly that Suffolk entrepreneurs remained undeterred and pursued their ambitions to establish new ventures. The total number of UK formations exceeded 900,000 for the first time.
0: A team with decades of experience at award-winning restaurants open a new eatery offering Mediterranean-inspired dishes. A Blue Fig, which was formerly Neil's Yard in Abbeygate Street, Bury St Edmunds, is a bistro-style restaurant serving a range of small plates and welcomed customers for the first time on Thursday. The restaurant is a collaboration between Regis Crepy, former owner of the Great House in Levenham, and Maison Bleu in Bury, St Edmunds. Uh, Lemon Reddy, co-owner of Qi Restaurants, alongside chef Wayne uh, Wayne Gray as well. Mr. Reddy said, We're looking forward to welcoming customers and sharing our modern food in a new informal bistro in the heart of the town. As soon as the building became available, we knew it was a perfect time to go for it. This has been a passion project for us for years, and we're really excited for it to finally open tonight. The restaurant can sit 30 customers downstairs, and has two private dining rooms upstairs. Some of the food on the menu includes slow-cooked beef, short ribs, mojo chicken, padron peppers, smoky baked aubergine uh, melanzane, and Basque cheesecake. The business has created 11 new jobs in the town, with five working in the kitchen, and six as uh, front-of-house staff. Blue Figures working uh, with Nevergate Wines in Bury St Edmunds to create a wine list of around 30 options. Ales, beers and cocktails are also on offer. The restaurant is open Wednesdays to Sundays from noon to 9pm.
1: A Bury St Edmunds restaurant is celebrating after being <laughs> rewarded a Michelin star for the fourth year running. Pea Porridge in Cannon Street is still the only eatery in Suffolk with a prestigious accolade. The Michelin Guide Great Britain and Ireland 2024 was unveiled during a ceremony at the Midland Hotel in Manchester on Monday. (coughs) Justin Sharp, who runs a restaurant with wife Jurga, said it's a great honour. When you're in the run up to the awards, you're a bit nervy and all that kind of thing to hopefully retain the star. So it's obviously a great feeling. It's the most respected number one guide in the world and to be honoured by them in such high regard is very, very pleasing. On Pea Porridge, the guy said, Tucked away on a residential square, this neighbourhood restaurant is warmly and personally run by a husband and wife team, and the unusual name is a nod to the old town green which once stood out front. The daily changing menu of North African, Middle Eastern and Mediterranean dishes involves a range of ingredients cooked over charcoal. The sourdough flatbread, fresh from the oven, kicks things off perfectly and the unfussy dishes deliver bold, well-defined flavours which are skilfully executed. The esoteric wine list champions organic and natural wines. Mr Sharp said although they were the only eatery in Suffolk with a Michelin star, their continued success demonstrated to others in the county that it was achievable. Everything there is within reach, he said. It's definitely possible if you get your head down, work hard and obviously with a bit of good fortune along the way, it's very achievable. He also highlighted the success of James Kahn, who was a chef at Pea Porridge and launched Restaurant Lark on Angel Hill with wife Sophia last February. Lark was recently awarded the only Bib Gourmand in Suffolk by the Michelin Guide. Pea Porridge, which opened in 2009, was recognised by the guide in November as one of the most affordable Michelin star eateries in the country. Asked if they had been affected by the cost of living crisis, Mr Sharp said, it's hard to tell, there's always obstacles you have to overcome in our industry, but you've got to roll your sleeves up and find ways to overcome them.
0: Uh, Building work continues at a £20 million new leisure centre on the edge of Bury St Edmunds, which will create more than 75 jobs. The David Lloyd facility off Sandlands Drive on the Marham Park estate is due to open this year. Planning permission for the leisure centre on the the 2.01 hectare site was approved in July. The proposals included a three-court tennis inflatable air dome enclosure, three paddle courts, a multi-use court and a battle box facility. For swimming, there would be a five-lane 20-metre pool inside, a 400-800mm uh, deep learner pool, uh, an outdoor leisure pool and an outdoor children's splash play zone. Other features listed were a three-court sports hall, 100-120 to 120 station gym, four studio spaces and a children's soft play area
1: self-service tills installed at a bury st edmund's town center center shop have come under fire from a customer shopper linda chalice of brandon spoke out after discovering the newly installed tills at boots on corn hill during a trip to buy a baby outfit describing the shop's first floor as a ghost town linda said i went to pay for it and discovered the self-service tills i stood there dumbfounded and a young lady asked if she could help. I wanted to pay cash. She had to do it for me. During conversation with a shop assistant, Linda, 60, discovered other customers were also unhappy about the change from manned tills. I went over and had a word with the manager, said Linda. I told him I thought it was disgusting, and that if the young lady hadn't helped me, I would have left the store. I said, it's obviously affecting your business, as it's empty here. To which he replied that in 17 years this was the first month he'd not made his sales targets linda said she felt the self-service tills were putting people out of jobs and encouraging shoplifting also for some elderly people and other customers talking to the people on the tills might be the only bit of interaction they have said linda i won't shop in boots again i think we'll have to backtrack on this we were the only people in the shop So it's obviously having an impact on the business. It seems to me they are trying to push people to shop online. Boots was approached for comment.
0: Top apprentices have been recognised at an awards ceremony at West Suffolk College in Bury St Edmunds. They were joined by businesses, staff and guests for an occasion that took place at the award winning Edmunds restaurant. The occasion celebrated achievements of individuals during a campaign called National Apprenticeship Week. In total, 12 awards were handed out and an overall Apprentice of the Year award was chosen out of all nominees. Uh, this top prize went to Amy Underwood, who also received the Business Apprentice of the Year accolade. The 18-year-old from Berry works for Portable Space Limited. The college has more than 2,000 apprentices in learning and is supporting more than 950 employers. It now delivers apprenticeship training from Cornwall to Northumberland and from Merseyside down to Hampshire. Dr Nikos Savas, Principal of West Suffolk College and CEO of the Eastern Education Group, said National Apprenticeship uh, Week uh, uh, showcases the very best that apprenticeships have to offer up and down the country. We've celebrated the excellent performance of apprentices in a multitude of different sectors. We've recognised those who have stood out and shone from the apprentices who are currently in learning at West Suffolk College 6th Form, and we have acknowledged the hard work, determination and resilience that they have all demonstrated during their apprenticeships. This region is really bucking the trend for apprenticeships, with increased numbers, and appetite from local employers to support not only the next generation coming through, but also to develop their own workforce along the way. He added, we push the boundaries of delivery and want to not only succeed locally for our community, but be a UK lead for education.
1: Stowmarket great-grandma has no plans to retire just yet, as she celebrates turning 90 and still working seven days a week. Joan Nary has a work ethic that would put many of us to shame. Come the end of each day, Mrs Nary can still be found at Nary's garden centre in Berry Road, keeping the books, making sure the tills balance and making sure everything runs smoothly. I do enjoy it, if they come right, that is, laughed Mrs Nary. Joan Nary, nay, Joan Elliot, was born in Mendelsham on February the 11th, 1934. Her family later moved to Earl Stonham. From the age of 11, Mrs Nery would be up early each morning to cycle the four-mile journey to her school in Stowmarket. Her school days were marked by the Second World War and she can remember having to keep her gas mask close by and diving under tables to take shelter from the bombs. When the doodlebugs came over, it used to make the house vibrate, she remembered. After leaving school, Mrs. Nary began attending college in Ipswich, and it was here that she met the man who was to become her husband, John Nary. It was Mr. Nary's parents who established the garden centre in 1955, the year that John and Joan tied the knot. Together they welcomed two children, and then three grandchildren, and Mrs. Nary is now a proud great-grandmother of two. Mrs. Nary worked first for Gudgeons, peacock and prentice before joining her husband in the family business four generations of Nery have now worked in the garden center with mrs Nery's children and grandchildren having picked up the mantle however mrs Nery has no plans to give up work just yet i never thought of giving up not really she said as one of the perks of the job is being able to see her family every day she also credits balancing the books with keeping her mind agile and this along with her love of puzzles and quiz shows such as The Chase. Mrs Nary celebrated her 90th birthday in style, on the meal out with her family on Sunday.
0: Let's have some news in brief. Uh, Suffolk's most senior Church of England bishop was given an insight into conservation and wild bird life. The Right Reverend Martin Seely, who was also this year's president of the Suffolk show, visited Lodge Farm, Westhorpe, To see the Barker family, who run the farm, launch this year's Big Farmland Bird Count. The aim is for farmers and land managers to spend 30 minutes in the first two weeks of February to observe the wild birds that flock to their land. Last year more than 19,000 birds from 100 different species were spotted at 93 counts in Suffolk. Bishop Martin said, we owe so much to our farmers who strive on our behalf to put food on our table and other custodians of the countryside. Dr Roger Draycott, Director of Advisory and Education at the Game and Wildlife Conservation Trust led a walk for up to 50 people on the farm. He said farmland birds have declined by 63% since 1970 and one in four of the UK's bird species is in serious trouble.
1: The world's last seagoing paddle steamer is to return to Suffolk in 2024 Waverley, which finished its working life in 1974, will set sail again this year after a successful 2023 season. More than 500 passengers boarded the ship in Ipswich in September last year, the first time it docked in the town in 23 years. After generating significant interest in Suffolk, the vessel will return in September 2024. Ipswich and Southwold have been listed for its London and Thames estuary route between Thursday, September the 26th and Sunday, October the 13th. A spokesman for Waverley Excursions said, following the exceptional success of Waverley's 2023 season, we're thrilled to announce we are currently developing an exciting and and." innovative sailing programme for 2024 which will see a further expansion of Waverley's calling points and the cruises she offers around the UK. Final details on the Thames sailing will be issued in April when bookings open. The first excursion for the boat will take place in May.
0: A new care home is set to be built on the edge of Berries and Edmonds Town Centre which could create up to 120 jobs. First Care Homes, Berry Limited has won planning permission from West Suffolk Council for the 80-bedroom care home in Tafin Road. It would be built on the site of a former car wash tyre facility, as well as a furniture store and two warehouses, and marks the latest stage in the area's regeneration. A planning statement said the facility would create up to 120 full and part-time jobs, including administrative, nursing, caring staff, chefs, kitchen as well as maintenance and cleaning staff. A council report said the accommodation would be spread over four floors with a range of ensuite bedrooms and a training garden room. And a 27-space car park would be built to the east of the site.
1: An outdoor bar and pergola area is to be built at a Bury St Edmunds pub. Green King has gained permission for a number of changes at the Linden Tree in Out Northgate. Plans submitted to West Suffolk Council included the installation of bifold doors to a conservatory and two disabled access ramps. The brewery wants to install an outdoor bar and pergola made from timber in the pub's garden. There was also a proposal to create an accessible toilet by using a small area of the kitchen. A design and access statement said the pub had a large garden but it was inefficiently set out suffered from severe access issues and was in need of investment. It said at present the only access to the garden is via steps, which excludes wheelchair users and limits access by others with limited mobility. Access ramps would significantly improve access for all customers.
0: A social club on an estate in Bury St Edmonds has closed. The Newbury Social Club, located at the Newbury Community Centre on the Howard Estate, shut last week. In a statement, the trustees of the Community Centre said the social club had been run by the business, the Ivy Social Club Limited. It said the trustees would now evaluate the best use of the space going forward. The social club's decision to close does not affect the running of the many day-to-day activities, including the cafe in the new Bury Community Centre, the trustees said.
1: A trio of parakeets was <coughs> spotted on the edge of a Bury St Edmunds on Sunday. The birds were seen perched and flying between trees on the A1101 near Tamarham Park. It's unknown whether they were wild, had escaped or belonged to someone. On the British Trust for Orthonology website, it said the ring-necked parakeet is a popular cage bird with a British breeding population, estimated at about 12,000 pairs.
0: Well, we're coming to the end of this edition of St Edmundsbury News Talk. If you have any comments about the memory stick or difficulty playing it, please use the phone number on the pink sheet which you have been given. Alternatively, you can put a note in the pouch when you return the memory stick to us. And we'd like to acknowledge our appreciation to the Berry Free Press, East Anglian Daily Times, Haverhill Echo and Newmarket Journal, from whose pages most of our items have been taken. And to remember those telephone numbers are for the Mildenhall Suffolk site Social Club. That's 01284 or 01473 uh, 928-307. That's the landline. So, News Talk will be back again next week. So, until then, from Sue, Roger, David. And Jane. It's bye. bye -bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. listening To a podcast brought to you by the St Edmundsbury News Talk Association. You can view more information about News Talk on our website at www.stedmundsburynewstalk.org.uk. The music in this podcast was provided under Creative Commons license by Scott Holmes. This podcast was created entirely by volunteers in our Barry St Edmunds studio.